Hello and welcome to another episode of the Academics Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Justin D. Barnett. Today's guest is Nyree Reynolds, who's an education manager at the One Club for Creativity based in New York City. I met Nyree a few months back while I was participating in the One Club's creative boot camp, which was held in San Francisco. For those that are unfamiliar with the One Club, their mission is to support and celebrate the success of the global creative community. They are a diverse tribe of creative thinkers and doers who believe creativity is the most powerful element to business success. They celebrate world-changing ideas. They stimulate the dynamic intersection of art and commerce. They create fertile spaces for writers, art directors, designers, technologists, and artists to grow. They foster a more diverse and connected global community. They forge bonds between recognized creative masters and emerging creative voices. Most important, they are a nonprofit organization that pours everything they make back into nurturing a more vibrant and inspired global creative community. The One Club for Creativity is built on four core strengths, education, inclusion and diversity, professional development, and awards. This is a really insightful episode for anyone looking for resources to network or enhance their skill set as creatives in the ad industry. Without further ado, Nyree Reynolds, Education Manager at The One Club. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Academics Podcast. Today's guest is Nyree Reynolds. Nyree is an Education Manager at The One Club for Creativity. Nyree, thank you for joining the show. Thank you so much for having me here, Justin. No problem. No problem. And you know, one of my goals coming into uh, this third season was to to look back on the past couple of years of me trying to break into the industry and, and to kind of shed light on some of the people and experiences and organizations that have personally helped me on my journey. And one of those organizations was the One Club, um, which is which which I'm not only a huge fan of, but also a member of. And the One Club was very uh, helpful for me in figuring out exactly where I wanted to go within this industry through their creative bootcamp. So for that reason, I'm super excited to have you on the show just to kind of shed light on the One Club and the, the services that you guys offer. Yes, of course. I just want to tell the audience, I have seen Justin grow so much in such <laughs> short period of time. Like I met him at a One Club boot camp and then another boot camp. Uh, here are all the black people. You really invested in your career before your career even started and that's the key. Yes, thank you, thank you. So let's let's dive right in. So you hold that role of education manager at the One Club for Creativity. What exactly does that mean? Right, what does it mean? Well, my role is two-pronged. So a majority of my position throughout the year is running the Young One Student Competition, which is our premier award show. That is the junior version of the One Show and ADC Awards combined. The other part of my role is helping students succeed. I help college students find their way into creative professions, whether that be from a portfolio review, giving them feedback, uh, one-on-one advice. All year I talk to students about ideas they have, projects they have, um, helping give them the support and truly being a connector for them. I also run workshops, um, and several other new online initiatives since COVID. And how did you end up where you are? What was your, your pathway to, to landing at the One Club? No one's career journey linear. And I think you've seen that through having all of these interviews. Mm-hmm. But mine was truly confirmations every step of the way. 
So I, um, I did a program called Ladders for Leaders after high school, which allowed kids in New York City, you had to apply to be placed in non-traditional fields because, you know, we're told we could be doctor, lawyer, nurse, right? But Ladders for Leaders places you in a range of different agencies and production houses and the list goes on. And I was placed at the one club nine years ago. At this point, it's nine years ago or almost 10 years ago, which is insane. Um, and then I worked there for three months. I went on about my college journey um, through college, through a program in college. I got involved with public relations, Student Society of America. Um, at a presentation, I was approached by the management there and it turns out I was offered a position. So that was seamless from school to public relations, Student Society of America. And then while I was there, I was also in graduate school and the one club would always come up here or there. And then the position after graduate school, the position arrived, I saw it online and it was exactly what I wanted to do, working with students like I'm passionate about doing. And it was at the one club. So it was kind of a full circle experience. Yeah, you just touched on a lot of topics and I kind of want to just rewind and, and talk about your college experience. So I know you you mentioned you went to grad school, um, you got your master's in, in branding and integrated communication. You're also an, a Loyola uh, University of New Orleans alumni where you studied PR and strategic communication. Did you always know you wanted to work within the advertising field? I didn't know if advertising was it, but I knew I wanted to be under the umbrella of communications because I had, I already identified my natural gifts and that was connecting with people, talking to people, um, being a helpmate. There, there's so many of my natural things that I wanted to be able to transition into my career. And then I discovered communications. I loved it. PR was my original passion. But you know, things are different in the classroom than they are in real life. And I have found that I love being in the advertising industry. Um, being a part of the black advertising community. There's so many beautiful things within advertising that I really love. Yeah, and can we can, can you just like kind of briefly tell the listeners a little bit about the One Club and, and exactly what the program is and what they offer? Oh yes, you might need to rewind. If you go <laughs> on the website, all of you listeners, you will be overwhelmed. And that is a good thing because we have so much programming. We have programming events. We have awards for truly every point in your career. We start out with student support. We have some high school workshops we have for college students, which I touched on. We have the Young One Student Competition. We have portfolio reviews. We have different professional development opportunities. We have um, exceeding on to when you enter 
the industry, when you're mid-level, when you're senior, you know, there's support needed at all levels. And we truly have recognized that. Uh, we have so much programming. I can't even put it all into this um, chat we're having because that will be the whole session. But we have where all the well it's now where all the black people and it used to be here are all the black people our multicultural career recruiting fair we have um in addition to the young ones awards we have the young guns awards which is 30 and under we have ADC professional show, one show professional show. We have retreats throughout the year. We have, you see how the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. I think one thing that's important to note too for people listening is uh, it's cost. It makes sense. Um, it's it's cheap cost. It's low cost. For me, that, that made a big difference um, and why I chose to participate in the one club because a lot of times, a lot of organizations within the industry have like outrageous entry fees and qualifications to get into these programs. And the one club for me was just something that seemed like an organization that understood that there was a barrier of getting into this industry and they just wanted to, you know, provide that platform to help people get experiences and opportunities and exposure. A hundred thousand percent. And I forgot yeah. to mention when I started that the one club is a nonprofit. Hmm. We exist literally to serve our community and to give back to this creative community. And we say creative community because advertising is the star, but there are there's so much you can do with your creative ideas and pursuits. Yeah. So we do like to say, you know, this is we are the one club for creativity, uh, quite literally. Okay, so let's let's talk about. Uh, I mean, we we you referenced it a couple times. So let's talk about uh, something that you've referenced throughout the chat so far, and that's the Young Ones competition. You know, who is that specifically for, and how can people enter that? Okay, the Young Ones competition. I love. This is my largest initiative and passion. The Young Ones is truly for everyone eighteen plus who is enrolled in. Um, a professional development or full-time program. A lot of the students are full-time students or they're in a portfolio program or some type of continuing ed. And this is truly to get your name on the map. Um, you have to set yourself apart from your peers in this industry. And that's like a huge part of the advice that I give to most students is you have to know something that someone else doesn't or have tried something that someone else hasn't. And competitions, like they matter when you walk into the lobby of any advertising industry in this country, you see one show pencils, you see uh, you see ADC cubes, you see awards all throughout the lobby. This is something agencies are very proud of. And this is your chance to get a one show pencil, your chance to get an ADC cube. And I just love giving the students a platform for this type of excellence. And the competition is split up into three different categories. There is the briefs. And this is where 
brands and companies come in and they sponsor a brief because they have an initiative that they want young creative minds to brainstorm for them. There's the brief competition. We have a range of amazing um, sponsors and participants every year with that. With ADC competition, we absorbed, the One Club absorbed ADC in 2016, and we got so many design categories, and design has become a huge part of what makes this competition beautiful because there are so many different types. You can be a spatial designer, a typographer, graphic designer, motion graphics and the list goes on and then we have the portfolio competition which is where students can simply showcase their work if you're proud of the body of work you have created portfolio competition is for you i definitely encourage people who are looking to get into the creative space to look into the young ones competition i don't look into it but actually compete and um, you know, get some exposure for yourself. But moving on, um, for a company like the One Club that has made a name for itself, kind of holding these public events, have you guys made the transition into like a more virtual experience in recent months, just due to um, current events? Yes. What a journey this time has been on a personal and a professional level. We had to fully pivot basically our entire company within a matter of weeks. So our premier event throughout the year is Creative Week, which is in May. And that's when we get the Young Ones live show, One Show live show, ADC live show. We have events and talks and parties. Um, once we realized that was canceled, we had to find a way to bring that same magic, that connectivity, everything online. And I think we've done a pretty great job of it. Instead of Creative Week, we had Creative Month online where almost every day was a panel, a talk, an event. Um, I personally ran the online portfolio review where we had students, you had to graduate between 2017 and 2020 because we do realize there's a transition period between student and entry level where you're trying to get, you know, you're just trying to get on your feet. But we had the online portfolio review and the response was overwhelming. We had eight over 800 portfolios to, that needed reviewing. And we had even more than that that were willing to donate their time, creative directors, executive creative directors, people in all agency positions around the world truly volunteering their time to help our young community because that who has been that's who has been most affected by covid is people who were just ready to get their foot in the door and it has been closed in some senses so we're really looking to bring that um that community and that connectivity online. We also have another program called Mentor and Creative, which is a spin off of a traveling program we had before called Intern and Creative, connecting interns and new um, to their new space. And then we also are bringing Where All the Black People Online. That's a lot. That's a lot of work that had, that had to be done really quickly. Yes, and that is only a fraction 
I only mentioned a fraction of everything we have going on. Yeah, definitely. So I know I know you've been you've spent a great deal of time, you know, working with students and people looking to work in the industry. Um, what are some common like misconceptions about landing your first about landing like a first job that you see um, students consistently have? I think there is a lot of ego work that we all have to do when we're getting our new positions because I see students constantly having a big fish, small pond syndrome where they were the best at their program. They were the best in their school. They were the best at um, their own personal initiatives. And now they go into the real world and it's very overwhelming. So I say to students all the time, you might just have to learn how to cooperate in an office space. You might just be learning the dynamics and politics of a workplace. You might realize that the softwares you thought were the top premier ones, there might be new ones now. There might be different ones that they're your agency is using. So I would say continuously just understand that you are learning and growing at this point and you don't need to be the best. You don't need to be a superstar immediately. You just have to do what you're good at. Wow, I love that. I love that. That was great advice. You you happen to be lucky enough to be based in New York City. Um, which to many people is looked at as, you know, the, the advertising, you know, advertising mecca of the world. Um, you've also had the unique opportunity to travel for work and visit many different cities and see, you know, different, meet different people in different cities that work within the industry. In your opinion, you know, how does New York differ from any other market that you've been to as, in terms of advertising community? Yeah, that is a great question because truly the diversity, the cohesion, the vibe in New York is unmatched just as a city. And then that also reflects on our advertising community because we are a melting pot. We have everyone here. We're a mixing pot of races and cultures and communities. And I feel like that reflects, even though we do have a diversity issue, and I'm going to call it an issue in our industry, we are also have some real powerhouses in New York. We have people really trying to make a difference, a change, and it is received here and everything is fast-paced and electric just like how the city is every agency every company every brand here is moving at that pace and with that energy and that enthusiasm as well wow i'm sold on new york yes you have to come here <laughs> i'm glad you just mentioned um the diversity issue within advertising so you know let's kind of pivot and talk about diversity for a second um, you know, recently, a lot of attention has been put on agencies and companies within this industry, um, and they've they've made commitments to increasing their their diversity numbers, specifically with with black talent. You know, are you are you optimistic that that we'll actually see change this time? I am optimistic that there is a conversation. I'm optimistic that we all feel more comfortable to talk about these topics and issues and not just amongst each other because 
honestly, black people are the victims here. We are the ones who have to face the constant microaggressions and unconscious bias that have gotten us in this situation in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. We've also been taxed all these years that we have to be the ones to educate the masses. Why does the victim of the problem have to be the educator? Um, so I think that narrative is changing. People are taking more ownership um, and willing to have open dialogues, which I love as the outcome of this. I think only time will tell and numbers and proof all these agencies that have said we're going to start hiring more black talent, they need to say, okay, starting June 1st, 2020, we had X number of black employees. And then on June 1st, 2021, I want them to release a report about how now they have this many black employees and how they support them in-house. Yeah, I think the, the tough part of that or the question is, you know, like, how, how do you hold these companies accountable? And it's, it's easy in theory to say that, but at the same time, you know, for the person who's working at an agency in their in an entry level role, like you can't you can't just talk to the executive board and demand these things. It's, it's you know, it's a tough position for them to be in at the same time. So I think time will tell only time will tell with this, but it's just, you know, this is something that is an ongoing thing and, and you know hopefully we do see some change only time will tell and i think the greatest analogy here is how like parent and child right uh -huh. so it is a parent's responsibility aka the agency to do the work here and putting that responsibility on their child aka the the black employees who need the most support is not the way to do it. And it would seem unfair if you were talking in terms of parent and child. So this is really time for the agencies to create an accountability system from the inside and actually stick to it yeah. long term. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm curious about your answer on this one. Um, you know, you like like we mentioned earlier you do because you're you are face to face uh with a lot of students diverse students at that who are struggling to break into the industry or trying to break into the industry um mm -hmm. you know for what do you what are some ways you think um these traditional agencies can do a better job of attracting talent and not only attracting them but retaining them yeah i think the attracting talent whenever someone asks me that question where can i find talent the black talent is there we're here we've been here the whole time the problem is what systems are in place to check unconscious bias and prejudices because for example a black person can go into an agency with the same exact resume the same exact skills um the same exact experience as their white counterpart but their white counterpart might get the job over them because the interviewer or the decision maker in the process just considers them more palpable, considers them easier to work with, easier to deal with, easier to fit into the company culture. Mm -hmm. And that is how they create excuses 
And it kind of keeps us in this same limbo of, okay, I'm going for this job. I'm totally qualified, but will my blackness help me here? Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's sad that we have to have that experience, but it's real. And the more that we talk about it, the more that we can, you know, crumble that, crumble those biases because the decision maker might not even know. That is the crazy thing about unconscious bias is that it is unconscious. Very true. Very true. You, Naira, you, you are very, you come across as very um, passionate about your job. Like you don't do this for a paycheck. It seems like, like you are seriously yeah, into the work. I really, and love, I really love working with the students and working in this industry. So of, of all the things you love about your job, you know, what's your, what's number one for you? Oh, wow. Okay. This is a pre-COVID and post-COVID response. Mm -hmm. Um, Pre-COVID, I just, I really loved any event or opportunity that I had the time to have the face-to-face -face with students because I think a lot of the times they meet professionals. You only need to meet one professional who truly gives you the perspective like, I can do it too, right? And I met people throughout my career when I was young, I was like, oh, wow, they can do it. They're like me. I can do it, too. So I loved having face-to-face -face interaction, the energy of collaboration, all of that. And then post-COVID has been the same. We have really opened up opportunities uh, of access. We've never had the access to people that we have now. So... I've had, I would say, about two to three meetings a week since COVID of young people just asking me about their idea, like uh, pitching me their idea and me giving them feedback about uh, tips for breaking in the industry. Like people who you want to talk to, who you admire and look up to, they're available now more than ever. You just need to get on their calendar and reach out. So I think that has been amazing that I haven't lost the connection to my audience. And that's been beautiful. So, you know, on the flip side of that, what would you consider to be uh, the most difficult part of your job? I would say the most difficult part of my job, and I want to replace the word difficult with something that challenge, yes, is that you have to wear many hats working at a nonprofit. And this is across industry. We are event people, we're programming people, we're sponsorship people, we're partnership people, we're new business people, where we do so much. As I know for a fact, all the roles at the One Club and roles at nonprofits throughout this industry is that you have so many jobs in one. And that could be a challenge, but the trick is really having management of, I don't want to say time management, but how much energy you're going to give to every specific part of your job and realizing what the balance is there to have the best outcomes. Are there any resources that, that you personally consume, like, you know, publications or websites, podcasts, newsletters, et cetera, that kind of help you stay up to date on the industry that you think uh, people could benefit from? Yes, 100%. Um, 
I have a few. So LinkedIn is number one. If anyone listening to this podcast right now does not have a LinkedIn, please make one immediately. It is going to be your best way to socially network with people in our industry. Um, You can send a message really quickly. And that is the best way to get in touch with me personally is LinkedIn. Email addresses, you know, emails change throughout someone's career, but their LinkedIn is going to tell their whole story. It's going to have a way for you to connect with them. And then you also see initiatives that other people are liking that will come up on your feed that then you can get in touch with. So I would say um, LinkedIn is number one. I also, for all my ladies out there, I want to say Ladies Get Paid is an excellent resource just for existing in this professional world that we live in. There's a ton of free content on there. Um, There is Mixed Company Podcast. I listened to that one. There is Ad Week and Ad Age Podcast. Those are both publications. Um, I get the magazine, and it is amazing to just shift through when I get the magazine, see what's going on, who are the heavy hitters, what are the programs we're talking about, what are the new technologies. It's all in those magazines, so I would say get on that. Um, There is an online option to reach them, but I think you do have to be a subscriber. Okay, and then there's also look out for big events that you like to go to and then find the company who hosts them and other programs they have. I think that is a huge tip. So example, um, Ad Week, right? If you've ever been to an Ad Week event, I think they're multi-city, like there's New York, there's LA, there's... There's a few cities, but they have um, amazing programming and content. They even have a new generation council, new gen council. Um, There are, for example, there's um, also Ad Club of New York. They have a women's fellowship um, that's excellent to follow and see what they're doing there. Under Ad Color, Ad Color has so many resources. Um, there's Ad Color Futures program, which might be really good for listeners to look into. You have to be one to three years within the industry to apply. There's also a new pro council with Ad Club. Um, and the list goes on and on and on, honestly. But I would say just use use the internet to find all of the resources you need. There's the information is not far from you. So Nare, um, knowing all that you know now from experience working in this industry, um, you know, if you had the chance to go back and, and talk to your your younger self, your college self, you know, what advice would you would you give yourself? Um, I give my college self, my young self, my yesterday self, all the same advice. And that is be flexible. Um, You can have a plan, but it is not an exact map. Um, Opportunities are going to come your way. If the opportunity is there and bright and shiny, take it. 
If you're doing something that you're constantly getting a roadblock or an obstacle or something like that, maybe it's not an alignment for you. It's okay to let that go, to let an opportunity come in as well. So I would say be more flexible, be more understanding, and be more go with the flow of what the universe is sending you. Great advice. Um, I think this episode is going to open um, a lot of people up to, uh, I would say, like a non-traditional career path within advertising because you do work in the space, right? But you're not, yes. at, you're not at like an agency or a big right. um, company that that focuses on advertising and marketing per se. You're more so in the educational space. So my question to you is, you know, what advice would you give to someone who's now interested in working for a nonprofit, something like the One Club? I would say you can even have something you're working on that you're passionate about outside of your job. Because what really these companies want to see, nonprofits, is that you're adaptable and that you're an innovative thinker. We have to come up, all these programs that we have, we come up with them on a weekly basis. We make this stuff up for lack of a better term, but once it gets to you, it's sealed up with a bow. So I would say practice your innovative thinking, practice your pivoting, practice you know, thinking outside the box. But that also applies to an agency space too. And I wanna give advice to all of the people who are like, I quite don't know what to do in an agency, but I don't really wanna be at a nonprofit is that you can be Switzerland. So the fa my favorite part about working at the One Club is that I am Switzerland to the entire advertising industry. Um, I'm a neutral space for every single agency, every single brand. Um, there's no motive here. So find that position within an agency. There, you don't have to be on an account. You don't have to be on such and such brand account to be successful in an agency. There is many parts that make it run. There is creative resourcing. There is diversity and inclusion. There is awards management. There is um, a plethora, our plethora of opportunities that exist that are not tied to an account, but tied to just making the agency great itself. Yes, yes. Thank you for that. And before we go, how can the listeners get in touch with you if they have any questions or want to follow up with anything? Reach out to me on LinkedIn. It is the best place to get in touch with me. I'll always be able to see your messages and your connections. My name is Nyrey, N-I-R-E-Y, last name Reynolds, R-E-Y-N-O-L-D-S. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm the only Nyrey Reynolds on there, but if you find another one, love and light. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Um, this has been a great conversation. I'm sure a lot of people found some very useful uh, resources and, and information. Once again, thank you for joining me. You are so welcome. And thank you for asking me here, Justin. And I am so proud of you for having this podcast. And I can't wait to see how it grows. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you want to keep up with us outside of these podcasts, make sure you follow us on Instagram. That's at Academics, A-D-C-A-D-E-M-I-C-S. And you can follow me personally. My handle on all social platforms is at Justin D. Barnett. You can also email academicspodcast at gmail.com for any and all inquiries. Thank you. Class dismissed.